right, welcome into this edition of Road Trip and presented by FanDuel. That's right, new year, new us. Uh, I'm Allie Clifton, your host. He's Richard Jefferson, he's Channing Fry. And before we get into what's going on in our worlds, let's talk about FanDuel because it's exciting. I know we're all excited to be a part of FanDuel. Um, so before you guys express your excitement, um, I wanna encourage our listeners, our viewers to sign up for fantasyonfanduel.com using code ROADTRIPIN. And if you do that, guess what you get in return? Channing, we just talked about this. What are they 20% off something. You get a 20 cent deposit towards your first <laughs> 20 cent? 20% deposit. Oh, yeah, that's 20 cents a day. 20%. 20% deposit oh bonus God, up to $500. So Ooh. use code road trip and sign up for fantasy on FanDuel.com. Hey, wait, wait, but can we use the, can we use the code too? <laughs> Probably. Probably. How many times can we use this code? Sh no, no, seriously, no, shout out to FanDuel because we're excited. Yes. We're excited to be a part of them. They've sent us so much swag and gear and I've sent it your way. I have not got it to you yet, Richard, but it's awesome. Um, but that's just the cherry on top. Do you know, do you know what I'm most excited about? There's two, there's a couple of things. One, one of the things I'm most excited about is one, we actually have a sponsor, like our, our first presenting sponsor. So now we can do road tripping more and more, more and more. Allie, can I tell you what I'm most excited about? Here we go. Please. We'll do this over. Channing. Yeah, yeah. So this is what I'm most excited about. Like one, I want to give a shout out to the queen. I want to give a shout out to Allie because people don't understand this. Everyone goes, tell me how to start a podcast or what is it like to do a podcast? It's like one, it's a tremendous amount of work, right? We were fortunate. We were the first athletes to do a podcast. So we kind of had lightning in the bottle. We just won a championship. So it was everywhere. And everybody was like, what is this? Athletes actually talking. Well, yeah, you're welcome for all the athlete podcasts. The ones that you like and don't like, you're welcome. But people don't understand. Allie has to do the social. She has to do the editing. And when we are drinking and we have our guests, there is a lot of editing that involves doing that. So, you know, we're excited about our partnership with FanDuel. We have a sponsor. We actually have help to do the editing, to do all of the stuff and the social and all the things that are needed to let you know what content's out there, helping to book guests because you know that nobody gets more out of their guests than the three of us. So I'm excited about it. Now we have uh, a little bit help, a little more help with the infrastructure that allows us to go and just have fun and drink and talk to your favorite athletes. Shout out to Gina Paradiso. She is the bomb when it comes to booking guests. Um, shout out I to just followed Gina. Oh, me too, did. <laughs> Wait, you just followed her. What do you mean? Like on social? Well, because I only, yeah, I only had like 50 followers and so I upped it. I upped it. I actually have 68 right now. Um, hey, one I'm, more. I'm looking for, I'm looking for one more. Oh <laughs> my God. Wait, on Twitter or on Instagram? Instagram, Instagram. Uh, I actually uh, got, uh, I got, I got in trouble. No, not in trouble. But yeah, Channing, I have one more follower. So everybody, I'm, I'm, I need one. And don't say me. Don't say, no, like I need one more follower on Instagram. What about uh, on nature is metal? It's kind of hardcore, like animals eating each other and stuff like that. But <laughs> that's. The, the, yeah, that's aggressive. I got so I only followed one person on on Twitter, and then the people at Twitter were like, "Richard, if if you want us to like, you know, you know, push you and promote you, you can't follow one person." No. So then I upped it to I think ten, and it was the hardest thing I ever had to do. Dude, you follow thing. Josiah Johnson? I, I know you. Dude. You love some Josiah. Dude, he his stuff is hilarious, though. He I will give you that. Me. I told him. I literally DM'd him. It was like, how do you make me laugh every fucking time? Like, I literally am crying every time. Like, I, I should have thought of that. He's no, so, it's so fast. No, it's so funny because people are like, 
like even you said, you're like, how does this guy only have so many followers? And it's like, dude, that stuff is hard. I did, 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 did you see how I snuck an extra quick thousand followers? Yeah. So I, I had like six, I had like 69.1 followers and I literally tweeted like, please, no one else follow me. Do not ruin this for me, please. I am not accepting followers. And then my guy, Nick Wright, shout out Nick Wright. Uh, he, he goes, everybody, please go follow my friend, Richard Jefferson. He's being <laughs> extremely humble. He would love nothing more than to get the seven that dick. That to our dick. viewers and to our listeners, let me remind you that this is a 40 year old man who can't get enough of the number 69 and his 40, buddy you old who's 37, 38 who no, can't stop laughing. But see, but see my, my thing is this, it's like when people say 40 and like, I'm glad you referenced that when people say that they act like I'm different than when I was 38. Like what? I'm just like, like, you know, but when you say 40, it has a different, like this is a 38 year old man. That doesn't sound that bad. When you say this is a 40 year old man, it just sounds like <laughs> such an aggressive connotation. It's like, yes. But I did, I had someone tell me, uh, I think it was during, oh, I know who it was. Uh, it was during the, um, uh, the Sports Illustrated uh, thing that I just did with Lindsey Vaughn and Chad Ochocinco and Carrie Champion. Um, and I'm, I'm interested to, to hear your guys' thoughts on it. Um, uh, uh, Karin, everybody go follow, follow Karin in the garage. Um, she goes, I feel like athletes stop maturing at the age that they turn professional. <laughs> and so for me, that would be like 20 years old. And I think, I was like, you know, that's fairly accurate. I'm probably the same maturity level as a person that is 20 years old. Ooh, I, I would definitely have to, to go ahead and agree with you for sure. 22? That's yeah. when you're, you're about, this, you're yeah, about okay. 22 years old. Dude, about me 22. and my son were just watching DuckTales the other day and I was like, oh, I love this. Love Yo, DuckTales. Little Rich loves DuckTales. Phoenix, he gets scared because, you know, DuckTales is always about goat. He's kind of dabbling into, into Scooby-Doo. But Little Rich is just like, ugh, Phoenix. Why? Yeah, when your kids love the same cartoons that you grew up on, like that's, you'll never love your children more than in that singular moment. Oh, you want to watch Tom and Jerry? Shoot, eat this edible and hang out with you the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> Low-key, there's no drink January. Them edibles been hitting different, dog. <laughs> like, where have I been? I'm in Portland, yeah, too. Know. So I was like, hey, I like yeah. I took a day. I went to my little plate, my little farm. No TVs, no electronics. It was just playing cards and drinking wine. And I was like, went to a little weed store. I was like, hey, man, I just want to chill out. Give me something where I'm just going to enjoy an Outcast CD. He goes, an Outcast CD. That mango kush right there. Dude, I, said, I get it. I get it. And my oh, yeah, see, the key. feeling good. Back was feeling yeah. good. You got you to get the CBD. And, and guys, this is not all the smoke podcast. We're not like no, talking no, no. about weed, but we're, uh, we're talking about alternatives to taking anti-inflammatories and Vioxx and yes. like all this other crazy stuff I'm that we put hurts. pumped in our body. Uh, yeah, no, no, no. But it's like, yo, Channing, there's a difference between microdosing and macrodosing. I'm more of a macro dosing. <laughs> <laughs> Macaroni dosing? Yeah, something like that. Okay. Macaroni and cheese. Okay, Allie, 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 ladies and gentlemen, she's back. She's back. So yeah, shout out to FanDuel. We're excited to be on board with them. <laughs> um, shout out to our team that has made us who we are. And we are um, back again, excited. With that said, we do want to engage more with you, our listeners and our viewers, um, through this opportunity of pushing out 
podcast weekly as we will be doing over the course of 2021. So we want your ideas, your thoughts in terms of ways in which we can do that. We'll get to that Cardinals jersey sweater in just a minute, um, Channing. But use hashtag Roadtrippin on Twitter or on Instagram and send us some ideas, ways in which we can interact with you uh, via FanDuel. Um, and we will go from there. So with that said, let's get into what's going on. Sports. Should we start there? Do you want to start with the Sports. NFL? Do you want to start with the NBA? Let's start with the NBA. Let's start with the NBA. Let's do that. Channing, you started yeah. off the season with a bang. <laughs> how are you? Channing, like only you gonna, know how. Gonna, yeah, yeah, Channing, Channing, I'm not, I'm not going to lie. Like you, you're learning because this is, you just finished your, was this your second yeah. year? Beginning second of year. You just year. finished your second. This is the beginning of your third? No, no, beginning of my second year. Beginning of your second year, obviously, yeah. So you realize how quickly tides can turn and change. Like that's something that's oh. probably relatively new. Like as a player, you don't give bulletin board material because that's just kind of how we're trained. Yeah, but when yeah. you're talking about sports and giving ideas, all of a sudden shit can get sideways real weird, real oh, quick. Dog, you know what? I, and I had a conversation with Allie because I was low key hot, right? Because I went on the Warriors podcast because. Like, I was like, oh, I have no, you know, I have no horse in the race. Like, I thought the Warriors would do good this year. And so on that podcast, I made a reference. I said, hey, Steph, and to give everyone a, a backstory, uh, Steph got like, anyways, I'll give you the whole story. So I went on and was <laughs> like, hey, I, you know, I had, a, I didn't have an opportunity to go to the Warriors, but Steve Kerr's my guy. We went to college with Andre Godala. Nick Uran is still in that office. Draymond Green is cool in the certain times that I've seen him. Steph is the greatest shooter of all time. Obviously, first ballot Hall of Fame, walking in there. Uh, he's a two-time MVP, three-time champion. I said the only argument somebody would have about his legacy is if he can't take this team without Klay Thompson to the, to the playoffs. I didn't say the finals. I didn't say anything. Yeah, but the, this is you the, made the this this the mistake really quickly, and I'm gonna let you finish. Yeah, yeah. The mistake that you made is you said that to all the Warrior fans. You didn't say that to the basketball world. You said that to the Warrior fans, which, you know, that's like I going said, on. That's like going on the LeBron James and saying that Jordan is the best. You're gonna get. You're gonna no, get I know, but Warriors. but here's the thing, though. And I said, there's nothing. I even said there's nothing for him to prove to anybody, whether that's media, the fans. Even to himself, he's accomplished anything. I said, if you had to, if you, for the purpose of this conversation, if you had to say one thing he's not done, it would be to take this Warriors team without Clay to the playoffs. And I said, I think he could do it. I'm excited to watch because at the end of the day, for him, right, as we're seeing now, they've adjusted their offense a little bit based on Wiggins and based on, you know, Wiseman, but he's elevating his game to a level in consistency level that would he ever have done that without clay because to have somebody who's if you scored 60 and three quarters and the person next to you has also scored 60 and three quarters <laughs> that to oh richard where'd you go i'm here i'm here oh. i'm not here it just, I just it's like for me there's pressure but there's always like if you have an off game like it doesn't hurt like damian yeah, yeah. and cj it's like dame might be had one for 15, but oh crap, CJ has 40, you know? So now, you're cool. Yeah, yeah, very cool with this. Well, so, well and so- It wasn't bad. Like, I, I do it. I have yeah, the utmost so, respect. Yeah. He's unguarded. Yeah, I know, but that's, but that's the pro problem, yeah. Channing. So, and I'm going to give a shout out to some Warrior fans. So the guy on Twitter, 
Dub Niners. Uh, I think that's his name. Um, and it's like, dude, like we get it. Like when I engage you and I see that your thing is Dub Niners, like I know what I'm doing. Like I'm engaged. <laughs> we got into a just like dude, we got into a, a little back and forth on Twitter. I, I, I like to view it as respectful about like I said that Chris Paul has been over the last like 15 years he's been the best like kind of like true point guard out there and they're like oh you forgot about Steph you gotta look up good for that I'm like listen guys guys I expect one I expect you to be a fan first so I understand when your allegiance is right the right. second part is I expect people when you want let's have a conversation about higher level basketball the reason why there's terms combo guard stretch four um stretch five um point forward Right, like there's a reason why there's all these like little hybrid terms. To put Steph Curry in the same category as a John Stockton, as a Magic Johnson, as a uh, as a Jason Kidd, as a Steve right. Nash, that's that's I think that's doing a disservice one to the game and one to Steph Curry. I said Steph is closer to Allen Iverson than he is to Jason Kidd, right? And I think and and I think. And I mean this, obviously, I like, yeah, like yeah, AI yeah. averaged 30 a game, was an MVP, took a team to the finals. I still stand by that. I think Steph is a point guard. If you're, Steph has been the best point guard. I'm not disputing any of that conversation. What I am saying is that it's a little bit different when you want to compare like a Jason Kidd and a Steve Nash and a John Stockton and like traditional point guards. And his argument was like, well, every league or every point guard now is a scorer and blah, blah. And I'm like, yes, there are more combo guards that are like more scoring point guards than there are actual, than there are actual like true point guards. I think Chris Paul is one of the last true point guards where he is a floor general. He gets everyone involved. He's more in the same mold of the old school point guard. Steph changed the game. He's more of a shooter scorer. But to your point, what Chris Paul is doing in, in Phoenix as a floor general, right, yeah. getting everyone involved, making sure these guys are doing the stuff, like Steph taking on that challenge will help him and will elevate him. And it's like, yes, like, like for every guy like, that believes Steph is a top 20 player of all time, you yeah. want to know what Steph's goal is? To be a top 10 player to be yeah. a top five player, to be the number one player of all time. That's what these guys are chasing. Yeah. Can so I ask you a that, question? Go ahead. With that said, why is it we're comparing guys from completely different eras? Why, why do well, we get into this? Because I, I don't see how you can compare stuff to AI. I just don't. Oh, oh. The games, oh. but the game, the game in which they play is so much different. Well, well, we're not talking about, me personally, I'm not talking about the individual way that they play. Like AI was an amazing style of guard that they are, right? The style of guard, they are a scoring guard. Like Steph can get past, can get assists. Steph can get people involved. Allen Iverson lost to the Lakers in the finals, right? What we're trying to do is literally, if you want to have a higher level basketball conversation, then you have to be able to say like, okay, who is this person most like? Who can we compare this? It's unfair to compare. I'm not trying to compare errors because I believe that Allen Iverson and Steph, they might've crossed one year, maybe at the beginning of his career right, towards Memphis. the end of AIs. Um, but I don't, think, I, don't think it's un, I don't think it's unfair if we're trying to talk about greatness. I didn't say who's better, Allen Iverson or Steph Curry. I'm not saying like who is better from that standpoint. I'm more expressive from like, that's the style of guard. If you're going to say point guard, he's a point guard. 
the game has evolved. And it's like, that's, yes. And that's to my point. Because that's Steph point. changed the game from that perspective. He definitely changed the game. He gave all small guys, like, so small guards, smaller but what guards. Then what, then, what, then what did AI do at six foot two? What did AI do at six foot two? Like, let's not just say that, like, that, that Steph Curry gave everyone hope because he was a little a guy. Allen Iverson is six foot two. Even Kobe Bryant said, the world better be grateful that Allen Iverson isn't six foot seven or it would be But now here you, here you go again. This, like, this is my argument. I just, within everything that is said, you're like, you like have to demean and uplift one or the other. And like, that's not my point. My point is, is why aren't you just no, no, so, making okay. your points with those in which they're playing my with during their time in the league? My point was when I said he was more of a combo guard, it was when we talk about Steph changed the game. You have to dissect it in how he changed the game. Steph plays off the ball more than any point guard out there, period. Why does he do that? Because he has the ability to also be a two guard. LeBron James led the league in assists. We're not calling him a point guard. I think LaMelo Ball is the first true, I'm looking for you all the time, point guard I've seen in a long time, which is exciting. But to get back to how about How about his moment from LaMelo when against the Pelicans when he wanted that triple-double. Obviously, he's got it since. <laughs> okay, but when he passed it to the guy, he was open. I don't even know who it was in the corner. Yeah, yeah. I, dude, he... He's 19. So, like, for me, I'm like, he's still having fun. And I've watched – I got two of their players on my fantasy team. So, I've been watching a lot of Charlotte Hornets basketball. He is fun to watch. And once he, like, slows the game down, he's throw, his relationship – uh, with Miles Bridges is crazy, is crazy. Just the lobs he throws and the passes. And, you know, once he just develops into something, it's going to be pretty amazing. I think between him and, and Wiseman, I think those two are going to kind of separate themselves from the rest uh, for the rookie of the year thing. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Don't forget about, I like the kid uh, Halliburton up in Sacramento. He Dude. is the reason why, he's the reason why they've been 500. And like, I'm like, look, I, got, I took a little bit of heat from the Sacramento Kings fans because I said they had the worst starting lineup in the league. Uh, I was not a, bit, a big fan. Part of it is because Marvin Bagley's been constantly hurt. Uh, De'Aaron Fox, even though his numbers are great, he's super talented, signed a great contract. He hadn't taken that next level jump that you see from a lot of like guards in his um, kind of tier. But the kid Halliburton's played well for the for the for the Kings. Like he's special. Like he he doesn't have the same scoring ability that um, that um, uh, that no that that ball has yeah. uh, that Mellow Ball has. He doesn't have the same scoring ability. But like when you watch a person and you just see that they know how to play, right? Yeah. The passes, the take a dribble left, to let the offense catch up, to let the defense slow up, steals. Like the kid flat out knows how to play. And that's why I think he dropped to Sacramento, but everyone had him at a top like five, top seven pick, and he ended up dropping in Sacramento. I think this kid, he might not, he's not going to be rookie of the year because I don't think the stats are there, but I think all rookie first team for a guy in that position is a, a steal for the Sacramento Kings. Where do you think he plays though? Isn't he a point guard? No, no, no. He's like a combo. Oh, God. He's a combo guard. I call using internet audio. Let me do this. I'm going to turn this one off. I'm going to turn this one off. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm just trying to get. Just trying to get. Quality internet. Quality, Quality internet. internet.
You don't have a. Ooh, that's loud. You don't have a. Uh, you have a uh, are you going from the computer? Ooh, that's loud. Ooh, that's loud. No, hold on a second. There we go. No, hold on a second. There we go. No. Okay. Am I, do you guys see me? I know Allie's so annoyed right now. There we go. Oh my gosh. Is that better? Uh, can you? Yeah, I have a pregame show. Um, yes, can yes. you flip? Oh, okay. Other way. Yes. <laughs> Other way. Other way? What do you mean flip? Like this? This is, I have this way, and then when I turn my phone, it goes like this. Which can way you turn you your phone the other way? Just go the other this direction. Way. Oh, you almost did. Like this? <laughs> this has to be on the thing. Did it like this? <laughs> There's, there, unless you want me to go Wait, upside is down. is your phone a... on lock? Like, is yeah, your phone you on uh, twisty lock? Better. Oh, there Check we go. Out. We'll okay, she's like, sure, sure. Oh my God. How's that? Is that better? Um, okay, so let's go from kind of the individual players that we were just talking about to, let me ask you this question. When you look, we're like nine to 10 games into the season. So I, I know that it's a very small sample size, but what surprises you more? Let me ask you this that the Phoenix Suns are atop the Western Conference or that the New York Knicks are number six in the East? Oh, Which surprises you more. Close. Knicks Ooh, not even but... close. Mikhail Bridges, DeAndre Aiden, Chris Paul, Devin Booker. It's Chris uh, Paul. It's Chris Paul. It's Chris Paul. I don't care of anybody that's trying to say that, oh, they went 8-0 in the bubble. Like, did they really magically become a better team, like, after the six-month break? No. Like, they played well in the bubble. There were some teams that were coasting. There were some teams that were locked in, and they played well. They played really well. But Chris Paul has turned them into a bona fide playoff like problem. I think the Knicks are probably a bigger surprise. But are they, though? Even when you look at Thibodeau, Thibodeau won in New York. I mean, he won in Chicago. He, the one playoff that the Minnesota Timberwolves have made in the last 20 years is when Thibodeau was coaching, yeah. right? And so I think the Knicks – Probably. I think we're not surprised when you see all of the guys from the Phoenix Suns addition to Chris Paul playing great. But I think the I think the Knicks are probably surprised. And shout out the Knicks, man. We give them a lot of shit. I've given yeah. them a lot of shit over the years. But dude, we want the Knicks to be well, play well. We great like understand the NBA when the Knicks are Yeah. If, and this is what I try and tell the fans, the Knicks fans, we only talk to about your team because of your location. If this roster was in Seattle, they would never be mentioned. So it's like, don't get mad when we're not happy when we're forced to talk about the Knicks because of the location. You don't typically talk about bottom five teams. You don't, unless they're large markets. So don't get mad if we can't find good things to say about a team that has been to the postseason, you know, two or three times in the last 20 years. Like, don't get mad at us. Like, we're just <laughs> given the reality. Yeah, I think what Tibbs did was, like, make everyone's role smaller and then say, this is what we need from you to win every night. And that's how I'm going to hold you accountable. But like a guy like Julius Randle has always got stats, but his stats have been like for nothing because they've been losing. So now if he's still getting his stats, but they value the basketball, they're like moving it. They're taking correct shots. They're not just coming down jacking and they're making mistakes that are like correctable drilled mistakes. I've actually watched them a bunch. Um, 
And like guys are coming in and they're diving on the ground and playing hard and clapping for each other. And it's like, you haven't seen that a lot, right? When everyone has free reign to play and do whatever you want, you know, it's like, you know, everyone's trying to climb the ladder and pull each other down. And now it's like, you know, they're doing something. You could build off this. Yeah. Well, the, and, and this is the one thing I'll say about the Nick fans. Always be weary of these moments because as much as it feels good to not be the laughing stock of the league, understand the only way you get guys like RJ Barrett and Zion Williams and then John Morans and um, Lucas. And all, the only way to get these guys is if you're not very good. So the worst play, place to be in the NBA, the entire worst place to be is just outside the postseason. Because, right. But now, now to, to the Knicks credit, if they're good enough, they can attract free agents. The problem is, is that when you're not getting a number one or number two pick and RJ Barrett's good, he was a good player, get it three but you're not attracting free agents, then you're in a miserable spot. So it's one of those things where you want the Knicks to keep doing this, but if they crack the eighth spot or they're the ninth spot, it's good news, but you got to get free agents because you're not going to get good picks at when you're the eighth spot or the ninth spot or the seventh spot. You're not getting good draft picks. So if you don't attract free agents, which I think there's still a culture overall view of the Knicks that need to change in order for them to get the free agents that, that'll take them over the top. When it comes to this first bulk, bulk of games, the first word that comes to your mind when I say out of the entire league, East and West, I never would have seen that coming. What team? I guess not first word. What team? I would have never seen that coming. The Raptors. The, Ooh, that's a good one. The, that's the, a good one. What are they? The, the Passarobos Iguanas? <laughs> what are they? <laughs> the Boca Raton Iguanas? <laughs> the Boca Raton Iguanas, is that what they they're called? That what... Think. So you're going with the Raptors. Think. It's I, so frustrating. I would say the Clippers. Oh, God. What? How? No, but no, no, but this is what I'm saying, though. It's, it's, they it's are who not... we thought they were. No, but no, it's not. When I say it, I say it from this standpoint. The roller coaster ride that the Clippers oh. have been on. That's what I'm saying. I would have never That's saw true. them be down by 50 points at a halftime. If, if, the Dallas is nutty. If, if the Dallas Mavericks didn't score in the second half, they would have still won the game. Like that, I would have seen. Then to be up by 20, to be up by 20 plus, and then lose by double digits in the second half to, to Steph and the Warriors. And then I think there was another game where they were up like 23, and then maybe Phoenix. They were up against that against Phoenix, and then they tied. We know the Clippers are good. We know the Clippers are going to win, you know, 50, 50 games, and I say that from like uh, like a, the percentage. They're not playing so 82, like but they're they're gonna they're gonna win 40 40 plus games. They're gonna be good, but it's just like they're too talented and too veteran of a team, and this is their second year together. And even though T. Lou is gonna change a couple of things, they're gonna have a similar offense. They're gonna have a similar feel, and they know each other. So to have these roller coaster rides this early in the season, I don't, I don't think I could have expected Here's that. a question. Richard, who is their emotional leader, right? PG can play, Kawhi can play. But at the end of the day, neither one is a vocal emotional leader for them. You see when things are going right, the ball's moving, they're making plays. Like, I remember Patrick Beverly dove on the ground, right? They were, I think it was tied or up by one. Patrick Beverly went to dive on the ground. I think it was a foul or something. Nobody picked him up. 
Nobody picked yeah. him up. Meanwhile, I had to scream at you. I had to scream at you a hundred times. Pick that might up. be one of the best videos <laughs> from that time. Up. I was scared of Lick. He gave me a weird look. No, no, you were arguing with the ref while he was here. Richard? Again. No, not the first Richard? twelve times. No. no okay. All right. So you're going Clippers. You're going Raptors. Okay. Last one. Wait, 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 Allie, you're included in this conversation. Who yeah, do you think? I feel like I'm really good at setting this up. And because you guys didn't say who I would have picked in that situation, I'm going to ask it in a different way. Okay. Okay. So okay. of course, if you were doing a poll on Instagram in the right, I would say, of course, in the left, I would say doubtful if I was doing a poll and at the top, it would say the Washington Wizards will figure it out. Of course, doubtful. Oh. Ooh. My team was doubtful. the Wizards. I was I like, say, no, I didn't see that happening to the Wizards. What? Why did you see that happening? I see, I'd like, see, I They're think two, one, who's in Washington? Scott Brooks. Who played for Scott Brooks? Russ. Russ. So I was thinking, Bradley Beal, like, how can those two not figure it out? And I'm surprised well, yeah. at this point that this is, I mean, Oh, they figured it's, it out. It's not them. They figured it out. They don't play defense. They were which means they didn't figure defense. it out as a team. They because, were yeah, last they defense have, last year. They want to play fast, but at the end of the day, uh, Thomas Bryant is a talent. He gets you good games. He's a little inconsistent. He just tore his ACL, so now they don't have no big man other than Robin Lopez. He's a traditional big. They and got Rui fast for that. So, like a three man. So of course he's a three four. Of course they're doubtful. And then Bertans. Oh no, but uh, that's a good one. I, I to me, my sleepers this year were in the Western Conference. It was Washington. I believe they're a playoff team, and then the Phoenix Suns. Yeah, or excuse me, in the East. And then I thought the Phoenix Suns were 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 a playoff team. Those were my two sleepers. Uh, I still think Washington will be uh, will be okay because. I look at Russ similar to Chris Paul. It's like, he is who he is. Like he's going to play fast. He's going to pick people up. It's going to take time for them to learn. They got to play better defense. I think they need to make some moves. Probably they've been so hamstrung with like contracts and all of just the noise. I don't think they're necessarily out there doing puzzle. When you're having to move the big puzzle pieces, mm -hmm. it's hard to fit the little puzzle pieces. When your big puzzle pieces are, are set, then doing the little puzzle pieces to fill in the gaps. It's like, where do we need help? We need shooting or we need defense or we need to help with our bench. It's like the Lakers, they got their big puzzle pieces, right? They got, they got AD, they got Braun, they got that set. Okay, where do we need help? We need bench help. Now look, shout out to Rob Palinka. They did a very good job of adding, you know, Montrez and adding Schroeder and adding uh, Wesley Matthews and, you know, and adding, you know, Marcus all, but they fit the need that they, they, that they, or they fit what they needed. That's what they brought in. When you're moving the big puzzle pieces, like that's when it becomes, it takes a little bit more because those big puzzle pieces come in and your little puzzle pieces might not necessarily fit. Yeah. Right. So yeah. that's where it's like, okay, we need to go find defense. We need to go find shooting. We need help. We need a secondary big. We need, we, you know, we need another ball handler. We need, you know what I'm saying? That's where it becomes, I think they'll still be okay because I think that their Russ is always going to play that hard. Bradley Beal is, is proving to be a top five scorer in this league. Right. You know, so, so they'll be okay. But good call, Allie. I think my other one would be Houston. Like, I thought James Harden would be gone right now. I've watched a lot of Houston, too. I have James Harden on my fantasy team. Yeah, I, that doesn't work for me. To me, right now, it's not that I don't think it will, but by the time that it works out, they're already going to be so far behind. 
I think John Wall and DeMarcus Cousins and the and um God, the kid who's gonna win most improved. He might even mess around. They're four man. Got from Detroit. Jeez. Oh, 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 oh. Uh how do I have a brain fart right now? Anyway. No, no, you made you messed up my brain too, because now it's like the big man. God, Dude, I know. Stud. But like less is more sometimes. We're gonna have to edit that out. Those guys. <laughs> no, no, but I Christian think ultimately Wood. I, I that's yeah, it. Christian Christian Wood. Wood. No, but 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 I think ultimately it's more about to your point, Channing. It's just like everything's up in the air. They're still moving their big puzzle pieces. They brought in John Wall, then you have then you have Mark James Harden who is trying to get trying yeah. to get out. So like that 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 is I don't know. I have zero faith in Houston. Oh, they make a playoffs. It's like they don't even want, like, half the guys don't even want to be there. Half the guys don't know if they're getting <laughs> traded. Absolutely. James, your best player, the generational player, and James Harden doesn't want to be there. So it's like we shouldn't even really speak on them until they figure out what the hell they're doing. Yeah, I think it's crazy. It's like I don't want to be here and then comes out with, like, seven guys and gets 44, 15, and eight. And to speak about combo guards, he's one of the, like, statistically – one of the best passers, more consistent assist guys ever, and nobody talks about how good of a passer he is. Because what are you talking about? Dude, yeah, crazy. he's had like 60-point triple-doubles, 50-point yeah. triple-doubles. Like, but nobody talks just, about his passing. Well, but because when your scoring point, is that good, when your scoring is that good, like, like, like – Would you classify him as a point guard? Oh, gee. See, this is where I got into it with the Dub Niners guys. It's just – it's like <laughs> – He's dude, the same as Steph, yes or no? Well, that's the thing. It's like that they wanted to make an argument because Steph is, is a great point guard. I, I played with Steph. I love Steph. We've been at weddings together. Like, love the guy. I I'm was not here to criticize. That's what I'm saying. I'm not criticizing my sweat. guy, Steph. Like, dude, the dude is dope. The dude is next level. But it's like if we're trying to go like, okay, well, he plays off the ball because he can run around screens. The success of They're their awesome. team yeah, is Livingston, Andre Iguodala. Even the first year he broke the three-point record, Jared Jack was a, was a point guard, and then they would run Steph and Clay off pin downs. You oh. can't help off that. No, and you- then, like, you know, so then everyone eats. I think James Harden, again – positionless basketball but guys let's not just I think that's just being lazy it's like no like a point forward what Scottie Pippen was then you had guys like Magic Johnson was a six nine point guard Penny Hardaway was a point guard but he was six foot seven Pippen was a point forward because of the triangle offense and how they ran him and how they played so I think James Harden what is, is Jokic is, a point center he's a point center dude point center <laughs> Arbitus, but they couldn't handle it in the open court the way Jokic no. could. But from the Ellie, block, throws, by the way, she just paused it. What did you say? I'm back. Oh, what it was funny you... when you yelled, "He's a point center." He is. He's, he's a left. point center because yeah. So what's a stretch? What's a stretch five? It's crazy. Yeah, it's a stretch. Yeah, it's a stretch five and a stretch four and a power forward and a small. Like there, there are this like specific terms that you use. Steph Curry is a point guard. I am not disputing that. But if within that. If we're trying to like then dissect the point guard the position, right. yes. yeah, and if we're talking about well, okay, it, like Magic Johnson is a pure point, you know, uh, where it's like their floor generals, Chris Paul, Jason Kidd, Steve Nash. This is not a criticism. This is just making merely making a point. LeBron James is closer to Scottie Pippen. Like everyone says, oh, like he's a hybrid of, of Magic Johnson and Michael Jordan. He can score. He can do this. But like, where do you classify? He's a small forward. LeBron James considers himself a small forward. Yeah, like he does. So, like, when he looks at guys like Larry, like Larry Bird, Scottie Pippen, he considers himself a, a, a small forward. However, in Cleveland, when the radio broadcast would do the starting lineups, right? So, it's like 
Um, I'm just thinking back to the time. Kyrie Irving, point guard. Richard Jefferson, you would say what? Small forward. Forward. Damn right. right? <laughs> they would always leave LeBron. Grade. They would always leave LeBron to the very end. He would be like, LeBron James, every position. <laughs> Is that what they used to say? <laughs> yeah. He did. No, he did. You guys yeah. would say your own. They would use your voice. You guys would say you would introduce yourself in the starting lineup. Oh. Kyrie Irving, point guard. Richard Jefferson, forward. LeBron James, every position. Yeah, and it's like, and, and my thing is like, look, yeah, when, we're, when, when we're doing these conversations, there's a difference between who's the greatest. Michael Jordan, no, no, no. We're not trying to do that with, with, with when we're talking about Steph and AI and these point guards. No, we're just defining the position. This is not a criticism. This is not bad, like to, to your point that we were talking earlier. I'm not trying to go different errors and trying to say this and that. Like, I think Luca minus the athleticism is very similar to LeBron James. Now, you know what I'm saying? Very similar. Can rebound, can get everybody in assist. He sees the game different. Even Braun said that himself. But, like, if you were to give Luka a position, I would call him more of a point forward than I would, like, a point guard. Mm-hmm. Right? Like that, and that's, and that's not oh, – is he your point guard? It, it, it's guys. Kyrie Irving. Love Kyrie to death. One of the most ridiculous scores of all time. But do you remember the Cavs stat? Like our last year, on my last year there, it was like, like when he hit double digit assists, like we like we were ten and two, right? When Kyrie hit double digit assists, so a basketball guy, but like, oh, Kyrie's got to get double digit assists every night because when they do, he's well, like the team is great. But that's not who Kyrie is. Mm-hmm. Kyrie is a stone cold scorer. That's how. That's what. That's how he makes his money. That's who he is. So it's not a criticism. Speaking of, this is an interesting stat. Before we wrap up this NBA talk, unless there's anything else you guys want to cover. It's only been nine or ten games. Did you guys see this stat about the Warriors, speaking of stuff, um, that they are currently, as a team, you saw this? (laughs) It is a wild, wild stat. It It is wild. That would hurt my heart so bad. Keep going, keep going. Sorry, I don't want to interrupt. I mean, as a player, like, how does he – I mean, you don't stop shooting. Kelly Oubre. Okay, so in case you didn't know, the Warriors right now are 19th in three-point shooting. If Kelly Oubre didn't shoot a three, which, by the way, as of right now, he is 6 of 45 from deep, the Warriors would be fourth in the NBA at 39 and a half percent. Okay, so- First of all, I don't, I hate that someone singled that out. I I really do, because that's a a wild stat. Here's what I I think it's because- No, 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 I'll let you go, I'll let you go. And then I'll go after you. I say that this is good news because we believe that Kelly Oubre at one point in time is going to have a 40% month, is gonna have a 38% month. You're going to bring it up. Look, they didn't play basketball for a very, very long time. Right. If some guy gets off to a slow start in a new situation, like I'm not here to criticize him. First of all, have you seen him dunk on everybody? He's been doing. He's been. <laughs> I think he's that's why. I think though that's why this is a conversation because we know the potential of Kelly Oubre. Yeah, Kelly Oubre. You know, like it's not I, about I, that. But but and and where I I think it's I think okay that's cool if you as long as you frame it in a way as like hey once Kelly Oubre gets his jump shot going then this team is going to be a top ten three point shooting team they're going to win a ton of games he's his athleticism is there like look he's he's caught a couple of bodies already this year um, so I think yeah so I I think even though that is a stat but I also look at it as Channing you know this he's got to shoot those shots. Right, like that's part of the success of the team. Yes. Even if he's six for forty-five, if he stops shooting, ladies and gentlemen, it's going to be a lot harder for Steph and for the other shooters to get shot. So the idea is just to encourage him. 
we look every person that has played basketball has had a stretch we saw Steph Curry go 0 for 12 in a game 0 for 12 without making a three and he's the greatest three-point shooter of every time uh, of all time so it's like yo everybody goes through this whether you start the season end the season middle game or two whatever he'll be fine yeah I think for me the biggest thing is like the mental part like I don't really if you're 19th or fourth or whatever it is it doesn't really matter I think for me the the important part about him is that Steve Kerr has to make sure, as Richard said, he doesn't shut it off and say, I'm just not going to shoot. He has to stop caring. He has to just shoot good shots. It'll eventually come. But if he stops shooting or if he, like, starts to, like, get hesitant, then everyone else just to yeah. make a move is going to be awful, right? He's going to get into his own head. Now, I hope he does it before, you know, quote, unquote, all-star break. Because if he's been going months and he's one for 20, two for 30, you know, three for 45, six for 45, and he does that month after month after month, when they really need him, he's going to not even think about shooting that ball. He's just going to drive. And then all of a sudden, he's, they're just going to double team and triple team the crap out of Steph, right? And that is what is going to, I would say, that's probably the only thing that will hamper the Warriors, especially within their system, is that like, if, you, if Steph gets double teamed and they throw it to Draymond and he makes a play, they expect Wiggins and Oubre and the rest of their cast and crew to just shoot the ball. Whether you make it or miss it, it doesn't really matter because they're yeah. going to score enough. But another part is I will have to say this, and I've said this on air on NBA TV, Draymond Green, I think people are now seeing the true value, the true value of that guy. Right, his first game back. Yeah, but people know the true value they of Draymond. They knew it, but it's but, but, you see him now. The speed at which he, the emotional leader, the talking. Yeah, like when yeah. he has Steph and Clay next to him, he does get overshadowed, right? But then you're like, you know, every TP has to have that center pole. He is that center part that keeps the TP up, and I'm like, even for me, I'm like, damn, like defensively how he talks like offensively the the moves and actions it's been pretty amazing yeah. so far. no he's been he's been next level I think to your point Channing when you look at it I think the criticisms and I don't want to say criticism but the critiques of Draymond and Steph it's like can Draymond be effective without two hall of fame shooters next to him right, right. can can Steph be effective without Clay Thompson right you know obviously having Draymond helps tremendously yeah, right so i think that's where the parts it's like okay look like these guys have built this up together is he an mvp caliber person without this maybe the second or third best shooter in the world next to him maybe like clay thompson the top five shooter in my opinion of all time oh, that's what the sure. record say for that's sure. what the stats that then they had kevin durant so it's like okay just like anything in life it's about evolution can you evolve is Steph only MVP Steph, which he's proven over these last few games and after the season kind of got started, that he can do things differently and that he can, you know, carry teams and he's mounted these comebacks. But even that 60-point win, if he had 45, they'd probably lose that game, right? Like that's, a <laughs> that's a tremendous amount of pressure on him. And it's not that he can't deliver, but it's just like understand, like you said, they are such a – when they have all of their parts together, they're a force that we don't see. But separately, like they, 
I think together they mask each other's deficiencies. And then when they're together, it's almost like they have no deficiencies. That's the <laughs> part that, that makes kind it of so like, Isn't that kind of like the same thing that you tweeted about though? Like they are going to be Hall of Famers because they won X amount of championships. So yes. They're it's, not yeah. winning championships because they're Hall of Famers. Yeah, like, it's, like isn't the, that... it's like, yeah, it's like the big three. It's like, look, before Kevin Garnett, Ray Allen and Paul Pierce showed up in Boston, their, their probability of being Hall of Famers was probably like 98%, right? And then they get together and they win a championship because they have three Hall of Famers on their team, right? Where Steph and Clay and Draymond were all very, very good players. And then at, when young, and I say very good, is like before they went on this stretch, like mm -hmm. Steph was an all-star, uh, David Lee was an all-star one year, even the year that Steph broke the three-point record. Klay Thompson was turning into a great shooter. Mark Jackson is the guy that turned him into the monster two-way player. Klay turned himself into that. Mark Jackson's the one that challenged him to be that. And so you're right. These guys started to grow and develop in talent. And all of a sudden, they're like, yo, these guys, you know, 73 wins, five, five straight NBA title or five straight uh, NBA finals, three championships. You're like, oh, these guys are Hall of Famers now, right? And it's like, and it's like, oh, well, they got three Hall of Famers. Like, no, they're Hall of Famers because they've been winning this much. Right. It's not like like Kevin Dur Kevin Durant when he showed up, his if he would have never played one game with the Warriors, his probability of being a Hall of Famer is like ninety eight percent. So uh, it's like he's the one guy that was a Hall of Famer pretty much upon arrival. Here, last question for both of y'all from me: When we talk about a player's legacy, right? We I would like to know how much does that person and who they play with play into that, like from the media side for you. So, and take Steph out of this, but go like Giannis, right? Has Giannis ever played with a Hall of Famer? No. Right? So as, as okay, so Luca hasn't played with a Hall of Famer either. Yeah. Yet, right? But James- Wait, wasn't Dirk his rookie year? Oh, Wasn't it? Yeah, but there, but yeah, but yeah, yeah. yeah. You mean you're talking? You're talking about okay in their prime, right? Yeah. For the purpose okay. of conversation. So, does a person's legacy, especially nowadays where guys are teaming up, does a person have another perennial All Star or Hall of Famer or next like superstar next to them hurt or help their legacy? Helps. I think it helps a hundred percent because when you look at, let's go back. Now we're going to talk about history and era. Magic Johnson, right? He Magic played Worthy. with Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, one of the greatest players of all James time. Worthy. And we go, James Worthy, Hall of Famer, first ballot, big game James. Guys that you don't even remember, like, I don't to be disrespectful, but guys like Norm Nixon, who was all-star stud, um, Byron Scott. There were so Eight many high-level – but I'm saying it's like those guys were like high-level role players. Like, we're talking about the guys that were like – Byron Scott was never an all-star, but he averaged 20 points a game multiple times during these Laker runs. You go to Larry Bird, he played Kevin McHale. Robert Paris, Dennis Johnson, like even guys like Danny Ainge. Danny Ainge was a very, 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 very good player, right? So it's like Bill Walton, who was MVP, sixth man of the year, one of the years. So playing with great players, as long as you deliver, a la Clippers, as long as you deliver, your legacy is, is, is through the roof. So you want to play with great players. And I think that's why when you see the, the Celtics join together, uh, or got traded together. Why you saw Braun go down to play with D Wade and, and Chris Bosch did also, right? When you play with great players, it raises your level and it gives you opportunities that you wouldn't have. This whole, I need to be solo. It's like, did Reggie Miller play um, so, with a Hall of Famer? 
did Charles Barkley play with the Hall of Famer? Charles Barkley did really late when he played with Houston, but that was it. I think when it all boils down, because I agree with you, Richard, but to answer your question, Channing, to take it one step further, when it comes to legacy, it's all measured by what? Championships. Championships. And to your point, Richard, has Charles Barkley won a championship? No. And so I, I, I just think from that standpoint, to say that it is a knock on your legacy because you played with great players that ultimately helped you win when it comes to this league, right? Um, you can't say anything different. Okay. No. No. I it can't hurt the you. Only but that's what is like James Harden. It where, can hurt you, but it can hurt you. But from what standpoint? Because now we're in a day and age where everyone has a voice and everyone thinks that their opinion matters. <laughs> Which is, you're so wrong, everybody. You're so wrong. I mean, that's, that's just how I kind of look at it. Yeah. No, I, think, I, no, I, no Al, Al, you're correct. Everyone does have a voice. Everyone does have an opinion. But it's just like, like I changed my bio on Twitter where it's like every welcome to Twitter where everyone has a sports analyst they hate and one that they love and they will let you know every time that person is on television. Oh, for sure. Right. It's just, it's just like, so, you know, well, you guys all do me a favor and tell me how much you love the fact that Richard and Channing to wrap this up, both showed up with Arizona warm up jackets. I mean, they called Didn't each other. Know. They wanted to dress alike. For any of no, you that dude, really actually dude, no, thought no. they didn't get along or that they no no no, no whatever it is no no this dude this dude they're idiots he, I've had this I've had this coat and then he copied me and went and got it no you have that I said ooh what's this no Jason I have three I, I have I have three of those well, then I think at the end of the best, day Richard. my zip up warm up jacket outweighs the both of yours. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the later Great. stuff, yeah. Um, right. Colors, Allie. Actually, hey, a friend hey, of mine wait. was cleaning out their closet and said, I'm going to take this to Goodwill. Oh, wait. Allie, would you like it? That Same is a thing. dope coat. That is a dope coat. Last thing I want to say, guys, I have this idea for FanDuel. We're going to be doing, I know they do the weekly challenges and stuff. I think all three of us should do it and we should add some fans into it. So if you guys want to do like the FanDuel, pick a team, whatever it is, uh, if you guys want to do that with us, and then maybe we'll invite a couple of fans on to some random podcast and talk about how your team did, make fun of each other, how ours did. Uh, let us know if you guys like that idea and if you guys would be interested. Let us know via Road Trippin' Pod on Twitter or Road Trippin' on Instagram using the hashtag Road Trippin' because we are now officially presented by FanDuel. Again, go sign up for fantasy over at FanDuel.com using code Road Trippin' to get 20%, a 20% deposit bonus towards your first $500 spent. All right. Well done, guys. First one. We made it through. We done. Internet and all. We made it through. That we did. That is another edition of Road Trip.